This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy! Hey, happy July! Might as well get that out of the way first and foremost. How's everybody doing on this Saturday morning? Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number we're taking in for the next three hours right up until noon. Then we'll hand things over to Anita Marks. Right here on the first of a new month. And if you're a Met fan, maybe, hey, can't get any worse, can it? <laughs> Joe is here. Harvey is here. They're producing the program today. At Dan Gross is where you can get me on Twitter if you so choose. So, yes, happy July 1st. And that's certainly um, symbolic of a lot of things, which we will discuss over the next few hours, of course. But hope everybody's having a good weekend. Hope everybody uh, is getting an opportunity to at least take a few days off here with the elongated holiday weekend it does kind of stink that it's on a Tuesday a little bit if you're not able to tack on that extra day off there to get the long weekend but nevertheless we are here and we'll keep you company as we do on this Saturday morning we'll get into all the NBA free agency if the money hasn't stopped flowing around just yet and we're gonna to have to check and see if it has stopped because as is to be expected I mean the clock hit six o'clock yesterday and it was just this guy signed with this team this guy signed with this team this guy signed. It's like, okay So the dirty little secret came true that even though they put these deadlines in place and you know and I know and everybody knows that you're going to have conversations going on behind closed doors leading up to that moment in time. And that's why all of these deals get announced as soon as, uh, like I said, the clock hits six there. But, you know, I would say for the locals. Nets a little bit more active on day number one than the Knicks, even though you didn't expect the Knicks to really do a heck of a lot, at least in terms of free agency, right? There are a couple of guys who are ex-Knicks, which we will get into, and another one might be joining them soon. But as far as all the gigantic moves across the NBA, that was reserved for outside of the Big Apple, and we'll talk about all those a little bit later on there in the program. No Yankees last night. They got washed away in St. Louis. It was cool, though, because I had the – I had the Amazon feed on, on on the computer because that was a prime vehicle on Friday night. So I had the feed on and they were just showing you like, you know, the screenshot of the entire field there, tarp on it. And then like once the rain started again, you just saw the raindrops coming down right in front of the camera. And this is like, can we get an update? Are they going to play? Are they not going to play? But you get a double dip today, this afternoon. They give the Amazon folks their makeup game a little bit later on, so Jeff Bezos could be happy uh, that he gets to have Yankee Cardinal baseball uh, as part of the game two of the double dip nightcap. But you know where we got to start today, right? We got to start with the Mets, who mercifully, mercifully, the month of June has come to an end. How, How bad was the month of June for the New York Mets? Well, where are we right now? Right As we enter July, where are we right now with the New York Mets? Well, you got a team that's 10 games under 500. 10 games under 500. There are only three teams worse than the Mets in the National League. Pretty good. Pretty good. The month of June itself, they go 7-19. and 19. You might not believe this. But the Oakland A's, who were the worst team in all of Major League Baseball, they actually had a better month of June than the Mets did. I think Kansas City was the only team in the sport that had a worse month than the Mets. They won one fewer game than New York did. 7-19. and 19. So how bad was the month when you put it into proper context? Just, 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 just how pathetic was it? Well, I'll tell you. 
When the calendar hit June, Mets were only three and a half games out of first place. Can you believe it? I mean, I mean, three and a half games, that's, that's like light years from where they are right now. So not only did they stink up the joint over the last 30 days, this is almost improbable, unfathomable to do. But they dropped 15 games in the standings over the last 30 days. I mean, by accident, you would think you would not fall that far from the depths of contention as one team could do over a 30-day span. Now, granted, you had the Atlanta Braves, who all they do is win, 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 win. Takes two to tango. And the Braves are the best team in the sport. So you have them red hot. You have the Mets, the polar opposite of what the Atlanta Braves are. And that's why you're talking about a team right now which is playing out the string for the final, where are we at right now, final 80 games of the season. And there were signs of this all along, but this is the reality now. And anybody that's actually going to sit here and talk about, well, you know, it's getting late early. Well, you know, it's July. Go, you know, if, the, if you're going to make a run, you better start doing it. To, what run? Where are you running to? Running to the draft lottery? Like, where, where, where are you going? Anybody that actually still holds out hope or e- even a glimmer of optimism for the rest of the season for this team, I got a bridge to sell you. What do you think is happening with this club? And last night, if you actually watched the game, You saw the Mets take that lead, and you're going into the late innings. And there was probably even a little bit of you that said, how are they going to blow this one? Right? You take a 4-2 to lead into the eighth inning, six outs away, and hey, by all accounts, you think that you're in some good shape. Right? San Francisco's heart of the order comes up to the plate. So Buck says, all right, as I've done from time to time, I'm going to put my best reliever out there. I'm going to bring in David Robertson to pitch the eighth inning, right? This is the most challenging part of the Giants batting order, so this is when I want my best out there. So he calls on David Robertson. What happens? Early on in the inning, ground ball to Pete Alonso at first, flubs the ground ball. Then he tries to pick it up and gather and throw to Robertson, cover it to first base. Nope. Throws wide at Robertson. There's an error. Right there and then. Right there and then. I said... This can only get worse from here. And I think if you're a fan who's watched this team all season long and they reinvent new ways to beat themselves and to suffer these disappointments, you probably had a similar feeling. You probably knew that things were not going to end up well. Lo and behold, a couple of batters later, boom. Patrick Bailey, deep into the flushing night, go-ahead three-run shot, Giants five, Mets four, And that is all she wrote. Isn't it ironic how bad teams just continue to do things to beat themselves? Right? They continue to find ways to almost steal defeat and pull it from the jaws of victory. And that's what the Mets have been in 2023. Nothing more, nothing less. See, we're beyond the point of screaming and yelling and carrying on and complaining about this player, that player. I mean, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. It's like, you know, when you put a Mets game on right now, it's like when you go visit, like, a sick friend or a relative, you know, who you know they're not doing well, but you just go to kind of, you know, cheer them up a little bit or something. That's what it is putting on a Mets game. You're a glutton for punishment if you actually watch it going in with a clear head thinking, oh, you know, something good could happen today. 
But it's somebody that, you know, you're fond of, you have a relationship with, and you just you kind of hope for the best, right? You want to see good things happen for him. You're just going to provide some comfort, some company, some companionship. That's what watching a Met game is nowadays. And he got 80 of them left. 80. Thank goodness that we are in the same month as when NFL training camps open. It'll be here before you know it, especially with the Jets. Jets are less than three weeks away from opening camp. Let that sink in for a second. I mean, you don't like to rush the summer away, but I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there like, what, June? What, what was, June was like it wasn't even here. What happened to it? Where'd it go? It's July already. Jets football, Giants football. Let's get it. Because if you root for one of the two baseball teams in this town, your season's over. It's done. And now you let the purge begin if you're the Mets, right? Let the sell-off happen. We already saw a trade yesterday, right? One of the couple of teams that's maybe more pathetic than the Mets this year, the Kansas City Royals, and a guy that you knew at the beginning of the season ultimately was going to be traded at some point, and he wasn't going to finish the year with the Royals, our old buddy Aroldis Chapman. You know, he was off to a nice start this year for Kansas City, and they traded him to Texas. Texas is a contender. Texas has an abysmal bullpen. They needed help. So you know what? Roll the dice on Chapman. So the moves are already starting to take place. And if you're the Mets right now, why shouldn't you think in those terms? You know, the guy who served up the gopher ball last night, David Robertson, who's been really, really good this year. He's a guy that's going to be an ex-Met here pretty soon. At least he should be. And the only thing that you worry about, I think, if you're a fan, is that you don't want to have David Robertson experience more nights like last night before he gets traded because you don't want to do anything to minimize or bring down his trade value in any way. You want clean innings from David Robertson, right? Get that ERA back under two. Because then when Billy Epler picks up the phone and engages in conversation with whatever team it is that needs bullpen help, he could say, well, look at Robertson. He's got that one-point-something ERA. He's been fantastic. Maybe you get a little bit better prospect than ordinarily you think you would have got. And he can't stop there. You cannot stop there. Virtually anything within reason that is not bolted down at City Field has to be up for discussion to move on from because this team is going absolutely nowhere. And I think it's pretty evident that you're not going to just run it back with this same team or something close to it next year and just hope for better results because that would be foolish. And we've now gotten to the point, and look, I understand we've had a lot of conversations about this team this year. Who to blame, who to point the finger at, whose fault is it? And as I've been saying, do I think that the manager bears the most responsibility or the most blame for this abysmal effort this season? No, I do not. I don't think that he is the chief culprit. But does he bear a hand in it? Absolutely. Everybody does. Everybody in that organization has played a role in what has been one of the biggest disappointments in Major League Baseball this year. But now it's getting to the point where I almost feel bad for the guy. Because he's having to go up there after these games and after these performances and kind of, you know, justify the outing or justify the outcome. And he's running out of excuses because last night, and I actually watched the postgame last night. Last night he actually said something which he's already recycled. Like we just hit July and now Buck is having to recycle like the same explanations as to why this team is so bad. 
So you're 10 games under 500. Here's what he had to say about just how daunting a task that is to possibly dig out from. Yeah. You know, the dawning and this and that means that and the numbers and I, until someone brings it up, I don't I dwell on, you know, trying to win that ball game tonight and all the numbers and mathematics. I, I understand they mean a lot in our game. Trust me. But it's about trying to figure out a way to win the next game and, and string some things together. Tougher things have been overcome. I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't doubt these guys. I can tell you that somebody's going to make a mistake if they do. See, we've heard that from Buck. That was in the last couple of weeks. Like, I heard him say that last night. I was like, oh, I, 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 I heard that song before. I wouldn't doubt these guys. Somebody's going to make a mistake. Really? Now, look, I know. What is he supposed to say? Right? If you're going to sit there and you're going to throw cold water on this operation or any of these guys that they sense it, then you lose the locker room. And then you got major, major problems. And that's ultimately when teams move on from managers, coaches, et cetera. But the fact that we're now kind of sounding like broken records in trying to justify just how bad an outfit this is, it's bad. It's really, really, really bad. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So we'll talk some baseball this morning. Mets, Yanks. Hey, we're in July. All-star break. Next week, if you can believe it. One team we know is maybe going to have a second half of the season. The other won't. But what could be done possibly, one in terms of selling off, the other maybe in terms of buying to enhance their chances of playing more meaningful games the rest of the season than into October. Of course, we're talking about the New York Yankees. Plenty of basketball stuff as well with free agency and the NBA busy season underway. A lot to discuss. Grasso Show on this Saturday morning. We made it to July. 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know, I was thinking about this, too, before we get to the Yankees. I was thinking about this, and, you know, Tommy Pham is one of these guys for the Mets. You know, they rolled the dice on during the offseason, right? Veteran outfielder. Guy who's kind of moved around from place to place in recent years in his career. Really hasn't been able to, like, find a home, right? But he's a productive player at times, and if he's used the right way, and that's why teams continue to, you know, bring him in. But he's well-traveled. And early in the season, remember, when the Mets actually thought that they were actually going to be something, you know, he was having a hard time getting some steady at-bats. He had to kind of, like, earn his way into the lineup here. But you go back the last month, Six weeks. I mean, Tommy Pham has actually been one of their better players, if not maybe their most reliable hitter, believe it or not. And 
I was thinking exactly the same thing after he had one of his three hits last night. And before I could even get the words out of my mouth, Gary Cohen said it on the broadcast. He said, you know, it, it might be just a little too late. But the Mets, when you're thinking about who the all-star representative is going to be for them this year, and they're going to be one of these teams that just gets the one token all-star, right? Because they don't have anybody, at least more than one player, that's worthy of going. Tommy Pham is probably the guy right now, if things continue to trend in this direction for the next week, that deserves that all-star spot. But because he got into the lineup and didn't start playing regularly until maybe a little bit later on in the season, I don't know if he's going to get the nod. And remember, when you have bad teams that just get the one all-star, that selection generally is merited upon, okay, when they look at the entire all-star squad as a whole, where do they have a need at, at a particular position? Right, because even if you wanted to take, like, Dave Robertson, well, if the National League squad already has, like, way too many relief pitchers, they're not going to take another reliever, right? So I don't know how it's all going to play out. I mean, really, who cares in the grand scheme of things? But just thought that that's at least something noteworthy, that, you know, Pham is a guy who, you know, think about it. When the year started, all you thought about Tommy Pham was the guy who slapped Jock Peterson in the face over fantasy football, you know, during uh, batting practice once upon a time. But that's another guy that's going to be on the move. You know, you're the Mets. You trade him before August 1st and see if you could get anything in return. And there's going to be a lot of these guys this year. And you hope, amongst hope, that down the road, you know, a prospect that you get in return who you might not know anything about right now, you don't even know who he is, you might not even know that he even exists on this planet, but you just hope that he's going to ultimately turn into something beneficial for you and then he becomes, you know, a, a blossoming star, let's say three, four years down the road. You know, Yankees are dealing with that right now. Remember a couple of years ago when the Yanks made one of the uh, more popular trades in franchise history, at least according to the fans? And remember when they acquired some guy from the Texas Rangers named Joey Gallo? Remember that? How that whole thing worked out? Well, among the players that went in the deal back to Texas, and at the time you probably never even heard of him before, was somebody by the name of Ezekiel Duran. Well, you know what Ezekiel Duran is doing this year for the Texas Rangers? He's batting 320. 12 home runs and 34 RBIs. Wouldn't that sit nicely right now in the Yankee lineup? I think that they could find a way to work him in as we sit here and just lament constantly the fact that, boy, the Yankees without Aaron Judge, they have no offense whatsoever. So you never know. That's why, you know, you should have a little bit of anticipation here if you're a Met fan in the lead up to the whole sell-off and the fire sale come August 1st. You never know what you could get in return, and what that could be down the road. Because the, the Mets need to infuse some talent in this organization, especially in the minor league levels. That's pretty evident. 800-919-3776. That's a telephone number. As far as the Yanks are concerned, I tell you, it, it, it feels like they haven't even played since the Domingo Herman perfect game a couple of nights ago. Really, really and truly. You know, because they played that matinee the day following the Herman game. It was all still kind of like, all right, they played a game, but all anybody was talking about was the Herman perfect game. It was like that next one didn't even really count in a way. And then last night they get washed out. So if the weather cooperates, you get to see the Yankees play twice today. And it's funny because the afternoon game, you got Luis Severino against Jack Flaherty. And if this was, well, it's got to be before the COVID, right? So if you go back to like 2019, 
Severino Flaherty would be like a marquee pitching matchup. It might be like as good a pitching matchup as maybe you get all season long in Major League Baseball because at that time, Severino was a guy who had, you know, Cy Young caliber stuff. Same thing with Jack Flaherty. You know, you thought that Flaherty was going to blossom into like the next great ace in the National League, but injuries have really fallen both of these guys and their careers haven't been the same since. But the bottom line is, you know, people... I think to a large degree, wanted to throw cold water on what the Yankees did in Oakland, right? And the fact that they beat up on the Oakland A's, especially those last two games. I, I, I don't look at it that way, right? I mean, wins are wins. They're hard to come by in this sport. You're not just going to throw them back. And the fact that you put 21 runs on the board the last two games, you know what? That should count for something. I don't care who the other team is. If it builds some confidence in the bats, which you know that they could use some, certainly, you take it and you move on. Because now you go into St. Louis, and the Cardinals are bad. They're really, really bad. Not A's bad. Maybe not even Mets bad, but they're bad. Right? This is not a good baseball team. And I understand there's like the history and the tradition, the pageantry, Yankees, Cardinals, the whole nine yards and and, and that thing. But you got to win games. And keep this thing going in the right direction. Because starting Monday, you got the Orioles coming into your building for four. And the Orioles are no joke. You are now the team that is chasing the Baltimore Orioles. They have leapfrogged you. You look at the Orioles roster right now. You look at the Yankees roster right now. What gets you more excited? I don't even care. Even with Judge in the lineup, look at how much young talent that the Baltimore Orioles have and what they have in that pipeline still coming. Blows the Yankees away. Right? Yankees are not developing players to that like. You know, Anthony Volpe, who was supposed to be the knight in shining armor, for the Yankee farm system, and I hate to even bring his name up because, you know, we've already had these talks about how he needs to be sent down and thrown away, and I'm, I'm not getting rid of him just yet. Nobody is. But point being, okay, for every Anthony Volpe, the Orioles have had about three, four of these type of prospects come up over the last couple of years and hit the ground running and already become stars, all-star caliber players. And they're not going away anytime soon, and maybe, just maybe, one day the ownership there in Baltimore will decide to actually give the front office the open checkbook and to go out and bring in proven major league talent to kind of surround all of these youngsters that they have and then really watch out for the Orioles. Orioles right now are struggling in the pitching department. You know, what happens before August 1st? If the Orioles go out there and they make a trade to bring in a proven bona fide starting pitcher to add to this group that they have already, then watch out. they got a great back end of the bullpen. You know that they can hit. You know, Austin Hayes is a guy. He's one of the best hitters in baseball this year, and nobody even talks about him because they don't know who he is, right? And the Yankees aren't at that point right now. But they're still in good shape. They're still on solid footing. And I know that you don't like to use it as a built-in excuse, but if you're the Yankees, you have to still play this kind of wait-and-see approach and wonder when Aaron Judge is going to come back. Because you can't really map out the way the rest of your season you think is going to go or what you maybe need to go out and acquire before August 1st to give yourself an opportunity until you get this guy back in the lineup. If you get this guy back in the lineup. Right? I'm going to be like Aaron Boone. There's no absolutes. You can't just assume and say, oh, yeah, he's in, no doubt. He'll be in the lineup. He'll be back in August. He'll be back. You just don't know. Because he could return to the lineup, and he might be a shell of the player that you're expecting to see. And then the same thing holds true, maybe to a little bit of a lesser extent, to Carlos Rodon. You need Rodon. 
His pitching staff would be completely different. If now you throw him at the top of the rotation alongside Garrett Cole, now you got two guys that, all right, especially going into a short series, you like your chances. But you got to also be able to get the bats going as well. So what you did in Oakland the last couple of days, keep it going in St. Louis. Cardinals are not a good baseball team. You should be able to feast on that pitching staff. You see your old buddy Jordan Montgomery coming up on Sunday. See if you can have some fun against him. Cardinals gave up 24 runs, guys. The last two games they played against the Houston Astros. 24 runs. That was more than the Yankees scored in the two games against Oakland. Beat the teams you should beat. Because that division that the Yanks are in right now, and I'm not breaking any news here, it's a dogfight. And you got to collect as many wins as possible. And by the way, I know they're in last place right now, and look, I, I, I wouldn't count them out because they're dangerous at times. But you see the Red Sox last night? They beat the Blue Jays 5 nothing. See who pitched for the Red Sox last night? And you see what this gentleman has been doing since getting off the shelf and pitching this year? Our old buddy James Paxton. Remember him? He'd look good in pinstripes right now, I would say. Looks like the James Paxton of old. The Seattle James Paxton. Wonderful finish the season in Boston. 800-919-3776. That is the... Telephone number. Get some calls, and we'll also talk a little NBA. The money is flying already. And we're not even 24 hours into free agency. What else is new? Grasso Show till noon, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. No-hitter sweepstakes for your chance to win $25,000. Find the no-hitter tile on the ESPN New York app. Pick a team and submit your entry. Now, today's qualifier is Leon Travolta from Astoria, New York. They've chosen New York's American League team to throw a no-hitter today. Interesting. Presented by MoheganSunCasino.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. I'll tell you, the people that run this contest, they have to be the happiest folks in town since the Domingo Herman perfect game the other night. Because now it's a possibility. Like now it's a th- it's one thing to sit there and talk about it, right? And, and, and preach, well, it's possible, you know, could happen, you never know. Well, now we have actual proof, tangible proof. And we got into it a couple of days ago that unfortunately our contest winner went in the other direction that day. You picked they didn't Senga? Pick- they picked Senga. They pick Senga. Mr. And Senga, I think that that's a wise me. move and today. because of you, I'm out $25,000. You got Verlander going for the Mets. And for the Yankees, you have Severin. Now, look, Yankees have two games today. And I would assume that for the no-hitter contest, the game probably applies to the originally scheduled one, which is the first one today with uh, Severino. I don't think it's the makeup. 
It has to be for today's first game. So let's just say Severino. I think that's the wise choice. You can't, you can't pick anything Mets right now. You just can't. Nothing at all. I don't care what the contest is. You can't choose Mets. Uh, somebody tried that the other night with Senga, and look what happened. They're out 25K because they had no faith in Domingo Herman. None. 800 All right, let's move on to some more pleasant things, huh? How about basketball? And how about NBA free agency? Because there is nothing like an NBA summer. Nothing. Especially when you get a juicy one, when you get these star players, big names going from place to place. Because the NBA, let's face it, the NBA is run by its players. It's run by its stars. Not by the coaches, not by the general managers. No, it's run by the superstars. They do and they dictate what they so please, right? And so as fans, and for us to get to observe this thing from afar, this is the time of year that, I mean, you could make an argument, geez, that the month of July is more entertaining on the NBA calendar than anything in the regular season, right? That's how much fun this could be, especially when you get some big blockbuster names going from place to place. Now, yesterday, I don't think that there were any wow transactions, but I do think that, hey, a lot of guys are going to be throwing some parties on some pretty expensive yachts, I would say, because the money is just flowing like water again. And it's remarkable, the money that is distributed in the NBA. Now, one big mystery was put to rest. And it was one that we were even talking about yesterday morning as to which way this thing was going to fall. And that was our old buddy Kyrie Irving. Because there was a report a couple of days ago that once Kyrie embarks on free agency, that he was maybe going to take a meeting with the Phoenix Suns and his old buddy Kevin Durant. But if you really kind of understood the way things were working in Phoenix, how were they going to make it work? Right? How were they going to even fit in a guy like Kyrie Irving? They're capped out. They got more star power on that team, guys making a boatload of money, that they weren't going to be able to fit in Kyrie unless he plays for absolutely nothing, and that wasn't going to happen. They didn't even have the mid-level exception to work with. So, you know what? Kyrie weighed his options, and to little surprise on his end, he went where the money is, and he signed up again with the Dallas Mavericks. Three years, $126 million. The third year is a player option. So, really, they have him for... Two years, and then they have to play the drama game again probably at that time. And you know it's going to happen. You know it, and I know it. Meantime, you look at the Mavericks, and if you want to be a cynic about it, which you're entitled to, you could say effectively this probably is the beginning of the end of Luka Doncic's time with the team because I, I, I just don't know how the two are going to coexist over time. Remember, Kyrie... Couldn't even make it work with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. And Kevin Durant had this undying blind loyalty to Kyrie until that became a combustible situation. This is the same Kyrie that once upon a time wanted out of Cleveland because he couldn't make it work with LeBron James. Didn't want to make it work with LeBron James. I went out. Want my own show. Boston, same thing. On and on and on. So, Why do you think it's going to be any different in Dallas? Remember, we tried this last year. What was the record together? Would they go 9-18 and from when Kyrie climbed the board? 
Games that Luka and Kyrie played on the floor together, they were 5-11. and 11. Remember those interviews, those press conferences with Luka after some of those games down the stretch? He looked like a beaten man. A beaten, I mean, you look, Luka looked like a dude who's seen some stuff, right? And he's only 23 years old. I mean, Luka looked like he was 43 after some of those games. Like he'd been in the league for 25 years and he's got to put like 17 ice packs on his knees after some of the, I mean, he looked defeated. What do you think now with Kyrie signing up for another tour of duty it's going to do for Luka and do for that franchise? And look, if you're the Mavericks, I understand you were caught between a rock and a hard place. You almost had to do it, but buckle up. Buckle up. And it's a darn shame that Luka's going to ask out of Dallas and they're going to turn the keys of that franchise over to Kyrie Irving. And if you're Mark Cuban, you know what? Maybe spend some more time doing Shark Tank. I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. And I know that nobody else was going to give him that money. And if you're Kyrie, yeah, you got to do it. But you think this is the end of the drama? Just because he has himself a brand new multi-year deal? No thank you. No thanks. So, hey, from a Knicks perspective, maybe there's not a fit because you got your buddy Jalen Brunson. But Luka's going to be playing somewhere else soon. I know he's got a lot of money still left on that contract, but hasn't stopped others. I just can't see how these two are going to coexist moving forward. Draymond Green not leaving Golden State. Four years, $100 million for him. Not a bad payday for Draymond. He's already made a lot of money in his career. But you kind of figured they move on from Jordan Poole. You kind of thought that these two would find each other again. You can't imagine a guy like Draymond Green playing someplace else. And so they run it back now with the same band, at least that core still in place. And I don't know realistically where the Warriors are going to stack up in the Western Conference. I mean, we have to let the dust settle still with all these other teams and some of these big names and how every slot is going to fall here. But, you know, I I, I think you have to still take this team seriously if those guys are going to be healthy and if those guys are still going to be the focal point of this club. You know, the Chris Paul move that they made last week at the draft, as I said then, I don't know if that thing is even going to stand the entire year. Right? I, I don't know if Chris Paul's going to be somebody that they flip, which we've seen them do in the past. You know, will Chris Paul fit in that role as being a second unit type player for them? Who, really, his style and the way that he plays, it's polar opposite to the way the Splash Brothers have gone about their business now for pretty much the last decade. So those were the two big ones. And Freddie Van Vliet, how about Fred Van Vliet? The only max contract given out yesterday was to Fred Van Vliet who now becomes the highest-paid undrafted free agent in the NBA. Three years, a buck 30, goes to the Houston Rockets. And when the James Harden rumors were kind of flying around a couple of days ago, you started to sense that, okay, maybe the James Harden down to Houston thing was not as much of a lock as some people portrayed it to be once upon a time, and that they were shifting their focuses to a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who I think is a better fit, by the way, for what they're trying to do down there with the young talent, new coaching staff, Van Vliet will fit in fine. Now Toronto's just going to have a completely different look, and you wonder where things are going to stop for them with some of those other pieces that they have on that team, whether it's Siakam, whether it's Ananobi, on and on and on. Right? They can have a real, real different look come opening night. So those were the big, big moves. Bruce Brown signed 
with the Indiana Pacers yesterday. Indiana did a couple of things to kind of enhance their chances of maybe getting back into the whole postseason mix in the Eastern Conference. But Bruce Brown was somebody that maybe was a potential Knicks target. But the money he got from the Indiana Pacers, that was too rich for the Knicks' blood. Two for 45. You know what? Bruce Brown earned it. For what he did for the Denver Nuggets, helping them win a championship, playing the role that he did. And you knew that the Knicks were a little strapped when it came to how much they could offer. Right? How much cap space that they had to work with, the mid-level exception, those type of things. That wasn't going to get it done. Still seems like DiVincenzo is the likely target, although we have no idea. He's going to take some meetings here. You know, Chicago, Minnesota reportedly, a couple of clubs he's going to speak to. But I don't know. I just got a weird feeling that he'll find his way over to this side. And he'll join his old Villanova buddies there and Josh Hart, Brunson, and they'll run it back at Madison Square Garden. And it's a good move. DiVincenzo's a guy who is a winning player. He is somebody that has won in college, won with the Milwaukee Bucks, part of Golden State last year, even though they didn't get that title, but he was still part of that program. You can't have enough winning players on your team. And if you look around that Nick Locker room right now, you don't have a lot of winners. You don't. Bringing another one into the mix I don't think hurts their chances in any way, shape, or form. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> let us go to the phones and let us say hi to Javier in Queens. He is going to bat leadoff for us here this morning. Javier, good morning. How we doing? Good morning, Dan. I mean, an incredible job as, as per usual. Like, no doubts about it, Dan. Always hitting home runs on the station. Javier, I got to be honest with you. And I, and I appreciate the kind words. I mean, we're less than an hour into the show this morning. I don't think it's anything spectacular. You know, it's just, you know, I, I would say maybe it's solid, but I wouldn't say, like, hitting home runs or anything yet. I don't even feel like I'm really into the show yet, to be quite honest with you. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you where you're hitting home runs, it's especially in the free agency discussion. But before okay. I get to my NBA, yeah. uh, New York is such a special place. We celebrate very special days. I just, to the Flushing Faithful, Happy Bobby Bow Day. Happy Bobby Bow Day, 100%. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But, yes, Bobby Bow today getting his uh, annual payment of just under $1.2 million from the Metropolitans, the gift that keeps on giving. A a great New York, a great holiday in New York. But uh, my my NBA point, so, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. I I keep it real. Um, It's a good time to be a Knicks fan, and I'm going to tell you why. And it links into what you're talking about in free agency. Jalen Brunson has one of the, if not the best contract in the NBA right now, mm-hmm. um, based on how this money's being spent. Dan Fleet, that contract, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, Brunson would have gotten more money than him this year based on what, 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 what that was about. So um, I think the Knicks have to strike when the iron is hot. I think they have to go big game hunting. I, I would welcome bringing in Dame Lillard. But, like, if you can't get something like that, I think you hold tight. Or something like that. Paul George scares me. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Damon Lillard's not going anywhere, Javier, and I thank you for the phone call, my friend. Um, you know, finally, Portland put that to rest a couple of days ago, so the long national nightmare of sitting, waiting, wondering about Dame and whether or not he's going to move on to Miami or to someplace else and dropping all these little hints from here to there, which I'm growing tired of, by the way. 
But the Warriors, or the, the Warriors, the Blazers came out and basically said, no, we're going to work together with Dame, and he's going to be here, and we're going to build around him, blah, 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 blah. So there you go. But what Javier was talking about with the contract in regards to Jalen Brunson, he's absolutely right. You know, and, and we've discussed this, and it's not even just Fred Van Vliet and the money he got yesterday, and good for Fred. But did you see what the Indiana Pacers gave to Tyrese Halliburton yesterday? I didn't mention that in the last block. Tyrese Halliburton, who last year, you know, came of age, if you will, made an all-star appearance, made it over Brunson, right? But had a really, really good year. Tyrese Halliburton re-upped with the Indiana Pacers five years, $260 million. And congratulations to Tyrese Halliburton. That's good money if you can get it. But if you want to do some math, that's $52 million a year for Tyrese Halliburton. $52 million. Nick signed Jalen Brunson for four years, $104 million. $26 million a year. So the Pacers are paying Tyrese Halliburton twice as much annually. Twice as what the Knicks are paying Jalen Brunson. And look, Halliburton's a good player. Jalen Brunson's the dude. If Jalen Brunson had last season, meaning his first season as a Nick, and then he went into free agency off of that, he'd be getting the deal, which dwarfs the one that he ended up signing with. I, I mean, not that's what, when we talked about that Brunson deal like all throughout the season, and how great it was for the Knicks, and how much of a slam dunk it was. And, why, and as I said, it's going to go down as one of the best free agent signings in the history of New York sports. Not just the Knicks, not just New York basketball, the history of New York sports. Okay, part of it is because of the economics and what you're paying him. And when you look around the league and see what some of his contemporaries are getting paid, and they're not producing anywhere near what Jalen Brunson is giving you. Knicks actually got one right. They got one right. And now you just got to knock on wood that he could stay healthy. And by the way, it's interesting with Tyrese Halliburton, too, because remember, a few years ago in that draft, Knicks passed up on Tyrese Halliburton. He was still there. And they decided to take Obi Toppin with that eighth pick. But imagine how the course of action and the course of the franchise would have changed. If on that night they took Halliburton, needed a point guard, right? Needed a ball handler, needed somebody, but they didn't take him. They take Halliburton, Jalen Brunson even on the Knicks right now. It's funny how things play out, right? One kind of domino leads to the next and then on and on and on. And speaking of Obi, and we'll get into it when we return here on the other side, but it seems as if, and I know that this is going to break a lot of hearts this morning. It seems like Obi is fast soon becoming an ex-Nick. Because it's funny, we're talking about the Indiana Pacers with Tyrese Halliburton. They got Bruce Brown. Right now, there's a lot of smoke and a lot of rumors that are linking Indiana to Obi Toppin. No! And trade with the Knickerbockers. I know that's going to make some fans a little depressed, a little down, a little sorry. Because they love Obi. And they want to throw Julius Randle overboard and play Obi 35 minutes a game. I think they're going to get the same production. We'll talk about it when we return. Grasso Show, two more hours, 98.7 ESPN. 